Well, good morning, everyone. Like Pastor Jeremy said, my name is Pastor Andrew, and I'm the Milton location pastor. And I'm really excited to be here to be kicking off this series on Gideon and self-doubt and kind of having confidence in a world that tells you you should be confident and feels more confident than it actually is. And so before we get started, I just got to tell you, this week has been, you know, just one of those absolutely brutal weeks on me and my family. Uh, This week, we traveled down to Florida, me and some of the other location pastors and uh, our next-gen pastors and all of these different things. We all all traveled down to Florida. So I was gone for a couple of days, and we barely slept. Um, When we got to Florida, when we got to our Airbnb, we walked in and realized they hadn't changed any of the bed sheets or any of the bedding, and so they had been slept in by other people and we had to wait until the guy got there at 1.30 in the morning to fix everything. And then we just had multiple nights where we were going to bed at 2, 3 in the morning. And then I came back Wednesday, got at home at like 1 a.m. And then the stomach bug hit my family. So my wife spent an entire day throwing up. And then I spent the next day throwing up and have barely recovered from that. And I'm still not feeling 100%. So uh, front row, splash zone. Um, <laughs> I texted Jeremy yesterday. He said, do you need anything for tomorrow? I was like, you might want to get disposable ponchos for like the front three rows. But he didn't, so good luck. But, but it's just been one of those weeks. And as I was you know, working through this series, all morning and, and all day, the thing I've been wrestling through is, man, should I be giving the sermon today? Should I have tried to pass it off to someone else? Because I don't feel like this is exactly the perfect week for me to be up here preaching because I feel like the circumstances I've lived through have made me unqualified to speak because I'm not as mentally clear as I normally am. Uh, My family has been through a lot and I'm not feeling 100%. And so am I the right person for this job? Which turns out to be a perfect illustration for everything we're gonna talk today because at this point, it's too late for me to turn back. I'm already up here. I have to give the message one way or another. And if I run off stage in the middle of it, Jeremy will come up and pick up where I left off. But we're jumping into a story about a character in the Bible named Gideon. And so one of the things we like to do as a church is every year we pick one biblical character and we'll just focus on him or him or her. We'll just dive in and say, hey, let's let's take a look at a character and really understand the story of their life on a deep level and just focus on them. And so that's what we're going to be doing for the next three weeks. And so this year we decided to go with Gideon. And so kind of the idea of the series we're jumping into is all about confidence. And sometimes when you're prepping a message or you're getting ready to preach or, or you're starting to, to really dive into what it is that God has for you. Um, you begin to ask yourself this question of, is this going to resonate with people? Are people really going to understand what you're speaking? And is this something that only I deal with? Or is this something that all people deal with? And so as I was looking at the idea of confidence, I began to, I began to wonder, like, is this something we really need to talk about? And so I did some research and, and found some studies where they talked about what, it, what self-confidence is and how infrequently it appears in the general population. And so what I found was one study came out and they said 85% of people struggle with low self-esteem, 85%. So if we were to sit here and look at all the people who are attending, the vast majority of us would say on some level, we struggle with low self-esteem. 
that we feel unqualified to do whatever it is we're doing in life, whether that's being a parent, whether that's at our job, whether that's in life in general, we struggle with feeling confident. And then even deeper than that, there's a pretty easy way if we look beyond just the 85%, we can see that the self-help industry, the industry that focuses on helping you, know, helping you better yourself and become you know, the, the best you you can be, all of this, it, it is an annually an $11.6 billion a year industry. Every year in the United States, $11.6 billion is spent attempting to better yourself. So this is clearly a huge thing that many people struggle with and are constantly searching for solutions to. And so I want us to begin to understand what does it mean to have confidence and how do we begin to develop that? And Gideon is a perfect biblical character to understand that through. Before we jump into his story, I want to begin to get you ready for what it is God's going to do today and what it is he's calling you into. And so a few months ago, Pastor Nate, uh, he gave us an illustration when we were at our Kingdom Builders a dinner and he was talking. And one of the things he said and gave all of us is he gave us a tulip bulb. And so he handed that out to us and, and he said, you know, what I want you to do, and I think this was sometime in October, November, he said, what you're going to do is you're going to go home and you're going to bury this tulip bulb. And what's going to happen is over the winter, that tulip bulb is going to stay in the ground and come spring, it's going to grow. It's going to pop up. And you might have forgotten that you even planted it, but all of a sudden you're going to be blessed with a flower and it's going to come out of nowhere. And what I want you to do is begin to plant seeds today that you might not see the benefits of for months. And it really comes to the crux of this quote that I found by a woman named Elizabeth Elliot, who we've talked about in one of our other sermon series, our Kingdom Builder sermon series. She said this, and this is what I want you to begin to have confidence in. She said, don't dig up in doubt what you planted in faith. Don't dig up in doubt what you planted in faith. Today, you are going to go on a journey of becoming one of two things. One, Maybe for the first time in your life, you're going to plant a seed. You're going to plant a seed of something God is calling you to do. And you might not see the benefits of it tomorrow or the day after, but months, years, decades from now, it's going to sprout. So maybe you're going to plant it, or two, you're going to become the type of person who has the confidence to actually plant a seed. You're going to go from someone who talks about planting the seed to actually doing it. So let's jump in today to the story of Gideon because we've got, to, we've, got to, we've got to really understand him first before we continue on. And so Gideon, in this moment that we're going to find him in, we find, we find the Israelites are in the midst of being attacked by their enemies. They have been overwhelmed. They've done evil in the sight of the Lord is the way the scriptures describe it. And we come to a point where they've been suffering for years. They've been suffering under foreign occupation under foreign attacks and so we find Gideon in the midst of that having lived his life under the oppression of his enemies and so this is where we get Gideon we get this in Judges 6 11 so this is where it is it says then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah which belonged to Joash of the of the clan of Abazir 
Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The Midianites would be the enemies who are attacking their country. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are the miracles of our, ans- our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say... The Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least of my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you. And you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. So there's a lot that just happened in that passage that because we read it quickly, we can kind of jump over or miss. And so I want, to, I want us to focus in on a couple of different things because it's so important to understand what is actually happening. And there's a deeper story going on. And so one of the first things that we read that I love is it says, Gideon, the son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. So now the first thing we need to understand is this is a very abnormal thing to do, to be in the bottom of a wine press. So a wine press was obviously, it was this big hole in the ground that you would, you would use to step on grapes and to crush them down. And it was kind of probably pretty deep, so you couldn't actually see into it. And one of the things that Gideon's doing is he's threshing wheat. Now, in order to thresh wheat, you would oftentimes go into a big flat area on the edge of town. And you would be on this sort of hard surface, whether it was stone or the ground had been tamped down, and you would utilize the wind to help you. Because wheat threshing, an important part of it was you would separate the grain from the wheat, if you imagine a stalk of wheat, and then you would throw the straw and the grain up in the air, and because the grain was heavy, it would fall back to the ground, but the wind would blow away the parts of the wheat you didn't want. And so this is separating the wheat from the chaff is, is the way that we hear it. So a lot, a lot of times you needed wind, you needed support, you needed it to blow as hard as it could, and you needed to be in an open area. But Gideon isn't doing this. He's in the bottom of a wine press. He's doing this, this activity. He's, he's threshing wheat. He, he's creating grain for his family to eat, but he's doing it in the least efficient way possible. He finds himself in the bottom of a wine press, a place where there would be no wind, probably in the middle of town, probably in the near or around his home, where the wind wouldn't be able to help and assist. And all of a sudden we realize Gideon is not just just doing this activity. What he's doing is he's doing it poorly. He's doing it in a way that isn't right. And so what's going on? Gideon has a problem. They're facing an enemy, the Midianites, they're facing an opponent, and Gideon is stuck treating a symptom. What it is, is Gideon's like, I need grain, I need to thresh this wheat, I need to make more, because I have to create, I have to create food for my family, my family needs to eat. Well, the bigger problem is that the Midianites are attacking them, but here we find Gideon treating a symptom. Here we find Gideon saying, well, my family has to eat, so instead of dealing with the bigger problem fighting the Midianites, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get them food in the least efficient way possible. And so God is coming, and he finds him in the middle of this circumstance. He finds him in the middle of this moment doing this absolutely ridiculous activity, creating grain in a place that grain can't be created. 
And so God begins to call him and say to him, hey, I want you to treat the root of the problem, not just the symptom. And so for us, as we begin to evaluate what it is we're going through and dealing with self-confidence and stuff, God is calling us not to deal with, with our own confidence issues by dealing with the symptoms of it. He's calling us to get to the root of what's actually going on. So for those of us who are struggling, we're like, hey, I have a, I, I have, I have a problem. I'm facing a circumstance. I, I'm, I, I'm facing a situation where I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm feeling overcome. We can't treat the symptom of the problem. We've got to treat the root of it. And so God is calling us to begin to do that. He's calling us to begin to deal with those circumstances. So for us, as we deal with low self-esteem, as we deal with low self-confidence, it shows up in a bunch of different ways. So one of the studies that I read where it talks about what low self-esteem does to an individual, they said those who have low self-esteem, 75% of them are often participating in a self-destructive behavior. So what that looks like is 75% of people who have low self-esteem which if 85% of us are that, that means the vast majority of us are, are, are participating in a self-destructive behavior. 75% of them will participate in different things, whether it be excessive drinking, whether it be other addiction issues, whether it be, um, it can be, it can show up, I believe they talked about uh, uh, extensive anger. It can come up in self-isolation. It can come up in self-harm. What we begin to realize is there's these symptoms that begin to appear. So you might find yourself in that situation where you're like, hey, I, reg- I resonate with that. I have a problem. I-, I have an excessive drinking problem. I have a problem with self-harm. I have a problem with excessive anger. I self-isolate. And what you begin to do is you try to treat a symptom. But what's really going on is that at the core, you have a confidence issue. And when I say a confidence issue, I mean you, you look at yourself as less than you are. Gideon in this moment looks at himself as less than he is. And so God calls him into something greater. So we end up with Gideon hiding in the bottom of a wine press as a coward, threshing wheat, and God comes to him and says, hey, listen, mighty hero. He looks at Gideon and begins to say, hey, you're a mighty hero, as he hides in the bottom of a wine press. What God is doing is he begins to call Gideon out into who he knows he can be, not necessarily who he is. And Gideon responds like this. He says, my clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least of my entire family. Gideon begins to look. God says, hey, you're a mighty hero. But Gideon begins to respond with, no, that's not true. Instantly, God's vision of who Gideon is runs up against the reality of who Gideon thinks that he is. All of a sudden, his perception, he says, God, you might say I'm a mighty hero, but why would you ever say that? But God begins to call him to take little steps of confidence, little steps, and begins to say, trust me, as you take a leap of faith, as you begin to jump. And so all of a sudden, God's saying, Gideon, you are a mighty hero. You're something greater than you could ever imagine. You're something, you have more in you than hiding in the bottom of a wine press, threshing wheat. You have something that I've called you into. We're going to begin to step into that journey. And we're going to begin to step together. And Gideon is panicking. 
Because all of a sudden, God's expectations have just raised his level of worth. And he's looking, he's saying, I don't think this is right. I don't know if I can do this. And so a lot of us, for you here today, you're, you're going to begin to wrestle through that. God has called you to something. God has planted in you a seed of faith or, or, or of confidence. And you're not sure if you can really take the step. It feels like you're stepping over the edge of a cliff and you don't know if there's anything to catch you. And so I'm going to play a video real quick in just a second that kind of shows us kind of what God is asking Gideon to do. He's asking him to step blindly into a moment of faith. He's beginning to say, hey, I've got a calling on your life. We're going to go fight the minions. We're going to go fight your enemies. We're going to go fight and overcome your circumstances. And it's going to feel terrifying, but you've got to trust that you'll be okay. And so in this video, we're going to watch what, what, what's happening is a family is kind of pranking one of their sons. They have him stand on a two by four and they pretend to lift it up into the air till he's touching the ceiling, but then, and then tell him to step off of it. So if we'll play that video real quick, you'll see what I'm talking about. And this is what it's like when we begin to trust in what God has for us. Okay, we're going up, up, up. Just hang on to Delcy. Don't fall yet or don't do nothing. Okay, we're almost to the ceiling. You'll feel us just tap it lightly. Okay. Can we let you down a little bit? Okay. Look, look up, Delcy. Okay, just jump off. Don't, just, just go ahead. You're not jump. Go. Just jump. Let's go. So, yeah, we're going up. So what we can see is in this moment, I think that encapsulates what God is asking us and asking Gideon to do. It feels like we're being told jump, and we don't know how far away the ground is. We don't know how far the fall is going to be. But God can see how big the step is. And oftentimes, it's less than we anticipate it. And what I love is, as Gideon's story goes on, is as he begins to finally step into what God has, as he begins to be a hero, the first task God asks him to do, Gideon doesn't go from being an absolute coward to a hero instantaneously. The first thing God tells Gideon to do after this interaction, after this moment of encountering him, after this second of telling him he's a mighty hero, is he says, listen, I want you to go into your hometown there's an altar to another God. You need to tear it down. That is the job I'm giving you. Go tear down the altar to this false God. And what Gideon does is he goes in the middle of the night because he's scared of his, of his family members and the rest of the town. So in the middle of the night, he goes and he tears down the altar. He's still a coward. But the difference is, He's a coward who's beginning to trust what God has for him. And as his story goes on, he gets more and more confident as he sees, God's, as he sees God be faithful. But, but he doesn't ask Gideon to all of a sudden get rid of his doubts, all of a sudden change who he is, all of a sudden being completely transformed in the same way God is not asking you today to overcome every issue in your life. He's just asking you to begin to take a step forward. And it's not a leap that is, you know, three feet off the ground. It's just a couple inches. It's just a little step. And God can see how far the fall is. And so we begin to trust. We begin to have faith. 
And then the other thing that begins to happen in Gideon, the thing that changes in his heart, the thing that changes that allows him to begin to pursue God and to chase after what it is he has for him, is Gideon changes his understanding of what it is he's meant to do. And here's the thing. The enemy doesn't change. The circumstance doesn't change. But what Gideon is for begins to change. And so what do I mean by that? See, oftentimes, I think for us, as we face it, we're oftentimes defined more by who we're against than by what we're for. And so if you look at this, this, this pops up in, in political culture, this pops up in social culture, this pops up in all of these different areas of our life where we begin to define ourselves by who our enemies are, not by what it is we stand for. We start to think our job is to stop bad things from happening, to stop our enemies, instead of saying, man, this is what I stand for. Gideon begins to change his heart, and instead of the enemy changing, Gideon's confidence changes because he now has a cause that he fights for. So Gideon transforms in this moment where all of a sudden he becomes a mighty hero, not because the Midianites became weaker, not because he's, he's facing weaker enemies or, or anything like that, and not even because he changes, but because all of a sudden he starts to stand for a cause that's bigger than himself. He begins to look, he begins to see that it's not about the size of his enemies, it's not about who he stands against, it's about the God he stands on the side of. And then I think the final thing that's really important in this moment is Gideon begins to make a shift from self-confidence to selfless confidence. My son, you know, he just turned about nine months old, and so he's starting to, uh, he's starting to stand up on his own. He's starting to, you know, we'll, we'll hold him up, and he'll stand on the edge of different things, and, and as he stands there, um, one of the games that he's begun to discover that he loves to play is one where he throws himself backwards knowing that I'm going to catch him, <laughs> Right? Any parent has probably dealt with this in some way or another, but he, he likes to play this game, and, and he really, really liked it this week where um, we were, I would stand him up. He has a little, he has a little thing that he can, he can use to stand on, and, and so I'll stand Theo up, and he'll stand there for a minute, and then, and then all of a sudden, I'll just, feed, I'll just see him go, and he'll just throw himself backwards with all the confidence in the world that I'm going to catch him, and I haven't dropped him yet that badly. Um, but he loves it. And so what he, lo what he begins to actually love is he actually loves when I put him there and he can throw himself backwards and I catch him and I put him right back and then he throws himself again. And he'll do it multiple times over and over and over and over and over again. And it's so funny to me because what I begin to realize is he has absolute confidence that his father is going to catch him. Absolute, complete faith and trust that in the midst of throwing himself blindly backwards, his dad will catch him. And when I looked at that and I began to think about it, I began to realize that's the confidence we're supposed to have in God. And it's deeper than, and like one of the things I think that when we think about it, we think, oh, I'm going to take a leap of faith. You know, I have to overcome this thing. And, and it's like this stressful moment. But, but what God is calling us into is not just the faith to take the leap of faith, but to enjoy the process of taking the leap of faith. Theo loves 
over and over and over again, throwing himself backwards. He doesn't want to stop it. And we have to begin to cultivate in ourselves a desire to love throwing ourselves backwards. To love throwing ourselves knowing with absolute and complete confidence that God is going to catch us. That when we fall, we won't even hit the ground. And the minute we get caught and stood back up, we jump again. And the minute we get caught, we stand back up and get caught again. And we begin to do this every day, every moment, every second of our life. And Gideon, as as he goes through the journey of going from the coward, from the one who's scared, from the one who's terrified, into who God's called him to be, began to love the process of God calling him to take leap of faith after leap of faith after leap of faith. And uh, the band's going to come up and As they do and as they join us today, I want us to begin to think through all of these things. I want us to consider internally and in your own life where you're hiding in a wine press. Where is the moment, where is the thing, where is the stuff that's going on that's got you so terrified that you'll hide in the bottom of a hole? And I don't know where that is for you necessarily. I don't know what it is you're trying to figure out or overcome. But I want you to begin to think about it. God, where is it that I'm hiding in a hole? Where is it that I don't have confidence? Where is it that I'm scared or have self-doubt or don't look at myself in the way that I'm supposed to? And where is it in my life that I'm facing this challenge? And once you begin to visualize that or think through it, maybe it's in your marriage, maybe it's in your job, maybe it's in a calling that God has on you, maybe it's in your parenting, maybe it's in something where you say, you know what, I think I'm hiding in the bottom of a wine press. And I don't think that's where I'm supposed to be. I want you to begin to do this. I want you to begin to consider what it is God's called you into. So you're not supposed to stay in the bottom of this wine press. You're not supposed to stay down there hiding like a coward, scared that the Midianites are going to show up, that they're going to overcome you, that they're going to take you out. God's calling you to step out. He's calling you to step up. So you're going to begin to consider, God, what will it look like for me to do that today? What will it look like for me to plant a singular seed? What will it look like for me to have just a little bit of confidence in what it is you have for me. So you're going to begin to consider that and you're going to begin to think about that, God. What does it look like to plant a seed today? How do I begin to be the hero, to be the mighty warrior that you've called me to be? And I'm not going to figure it out all right now. Just like Gideon, who he gets his first assignment from God, go tear down this altar to a false God. And he goes in the middle of the night, he's terrified of everyone around him. And he goes and he does it. But here's what's important. He still went and did it. He still had the confidence to go out and begin the journey. 
And so for you, as you're in the bottom, as you're coming out of the wine press, you're looking at the root cause, not just the symptom. You're saying, listen, I've got this problem. I've got this problem. I've got this circumstance. I've got this situation. And even if you do it as a coward, you begin to do it. So maybe for the first time, you begin to say, all right, here's what's going on. Here, here's where I'm hiding in a wine press. And you begin to say, all right, for the first time, I'm going to ask a friend for prayer. I've never done that before. Maybe for the first time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the confidence to begin to say, God, all right, you've called me to do this. You've called me to start a nonprofit. You've called me to begin to serve you. So I'm going to step out in a little bit of faith. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just do it. I'm going to do a little thing. I'm going to begin the slight process. I'm going to overcome where I'm at just a little bit, even if it's as a coward, even if it's shaking, even if it's trembling, even if it's in fear, even if it's with worry, I'm going to take a step. It feels like I'm standing three feet in the air. It feels like I'm touching the ceiling and I'm about to jump, but I'm going to do it. And then you're going to begin to say, you know what? I'm going to begin to develop a confidence. I'm going to be, when these things begin to happen, when, when I tear down the altar and and I still overcome. And I begin to see the positives. I begin to see the benefits. I begin to see God moving. I'm going to begin to develop a habit of loving the leap of faith. I'm going to begin to love throwing myself backwards and trusting him. I'm going to begin to say, all right, you caught me this time. I'm going to trust you to catch me again. You caught me this time. I'm going to trust you to catch me another time. You caught me again. I'm going to trust you catch me another time and we begin to develop in ourselves this desire and this passion and this enthusiasm to say you know what makes me confident it's not who I think I am it's who you say that I am God and when we face a challenge and say I can't do this I can't overcome this we remind ourselves we say to ourselves we talk to ourselves not about who we think we are but who God thinks we are you know in the moments where Gideon is on the battlefield fighting the Midianites it's not him saying I know who I am because his opinion of himself I'm the least of these look I'm the least of the tribe of Manasseh and I'm the least of my family but God you said I was a mighty warrior and if you say I'm a mighty warrior I'm gonna trust in your reality I'm going to trust in what you say that I am, not who I believe that I am, not in my own perception of myself, but instead in what it is you say that I am. And so for us, God has said this to us. You're a child of God. You are forgiven. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. You are created in the image of the Most High God. He said those things to you. He's promised those things to you. Now it's time for us to receive them and believe them and understand them and fill ourselves with a confidence that's selfless instead of selfish. It says, God, I love you and I believe in spite of myself, in spite of what I am, you are going to change things through 
me. You're going to redefine my family. You're going to redefine my workplace. You're going to redefine my circumstances, not because I'm confident in myself, but because I'm so confident in you that there's nothing that can happen but an infinite and everlasting change. Because you showed up and transformed me once, you'll do it again. You showed up and transformed circumstances once, you'll do it again. You showed up and transformed everything, you'll do it again. And you have confidence, just like when Gideon says, where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? Well, here's what God's saying to you. Here is what you need to know. I've done miracles then, I'll do them now, and I'll do them in the future. You've got to trust in Him more than you trust in yourself. And here's the biggest principle. You've got to trust in Him more than you doubt yourself. So today, as you think, God, what is the wine press you're calling me out of? It's the confidence to know that He will provide and be there in the midst of those circumstances. So let's pray. Bow your heads with me. God, we just pray for everyone in here as you call us into what it is you have for us, as you call us into your kingdom, as you call us into building what it is you have ahead of us. God, we just ask that you give us confidence that when the world tells us to be confident in ourselves, we say we're confident in spite of ourselves. We're confident in a God who's transformed hearts, who's transformed lives, who's transformed minds. And God, we are confident in you. So God, give us the courage to believe, not the words we speak about ourselves, but the words you speak about us. That when we say, I'm the least of the least of these, you say, you're a mighty warrior. You're a mighty hero. And you have amazing things in store for us. So God, I pray for everyone in here as they overcome circumstances and situations that you call them into something deeper than they could ever hope or imagine. So God, we lift you up. We praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to worship together as we conclude service.